friends. Welcome to episode 163 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. I want to warmly welcome you to the show today. Thank you for stopping by, and you are going to be encouraged by my guest this week. Dr. Evelyn Johnson Taylor is an amazing woman of God and a beloved women's ministry leader for nearly three decades. She has a heart for encouraging, empowering, and equipping women in every season of life which would include all of us. We're talking about alignment of our calling and interests, the power of prayer and seeking, the transformative role of mentoring. Have you ever been mentored by someone or perhaps you have mentored someone? Or maybe you've never thought about that. Maybe you've never thought about what mentoring means and what it looks like. We're going to be talking about that today such an important topic. And I know you're going to be inspired by her understanding of the importance of rest, savoring moments, and active listening. We're going to explore her personal challenges and triumphs, including her own widowhood and the realization that God's plans exceed our own desires. And friend, surrender the joy stealers, rediscover the Jesus joy in you, the six-week Bible study about rediscovering the joy Jesus gave us walking from our joy stealers through being a healthy disciple and bearing much fruit. It's out and available. So check that out on my website at doraswift.com. I know what Dr. Evelyn Johnson Taylor is going to share is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast, and I am excited to welcome a friend today that you are going to be so blessed by hearing what she has to share. Evelyn Johnson Taylor has been a women's ministry leader for nearly 30 years, helping women navigate many of the seasons of their lives. She's also an ordained minister, and she has served side-by-side with her late husband, Pastor Scott Taylor. She also, for 14 years, served as the founder and president of Women of Promise International Ministries. She is so humble. I've met her in person. She's a dear, dear woman, and She has a nursing background and a BA in women's studies and a master's in ministry and a PhD. So I can call her Dr. Evelyn. Thank you for being on the show today, Evelyn. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Doris. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I had the great pleasure of sitting around with you at a conference and having a chat in person, which is wonderful. I enjoyed that so much. And I know that the listeners will be so blessed to hear more about your story and also how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Well, about 30 years ago, probably over 30 years now, God first called me to women's ministries. And at the time, I it wasn't something that I was interested in doing. I had two young children, and that was my focus at that time. And my husband had just started pastoring. And I thought to myself, well, God, you have him, so let me stay home and take care of our kids. And the Lord just began to deal with my heart and that he, what he wanted me to do. And I don't even know if we called it mentoring back then. I don't remember, but it was a mentorship was what he was calling me to, to just to come along beside women, to walk with them 
through the different seasons of their lives to help to encourage them and to just be there to support them. And that's what I have done for 30 years and continue to do today because I believe that it's necessary. I believe it's needed. And I look back at my life, some of the things that I've experienced and hoped and wished and prayed that I would have someone to walk with me through those things. And so that's what I've tried to do for others. Mm, That is so beautifully said. I love it. And I, I also love how you started out telling us that you weren't really interested in what God kept calling you to. And I think that's really an eye opener because sometimes we feel like, well, that can't be what my calling is, or that can't be God because it's something I don't feel led to do. But sometimes it takes seeking and praying about it. And God changes our heart to follow his in his will, right? So I love that. And how you have been mentoring to come alongside of women in their walk and in all the seasons of their life. So what what does that look like? How do you uh, use that now with your mentoring and all the things that he has you doing? Because you also teach, right? I do. And and one of the things I like to share, because a lot of the women who I come in contact with, they know that God has called them for something, but they aren't sure what he's called them to. And what I encourage them to do is just to pay attention to the women or the people who come around you, what those people asked of you, what they're seeking from you. And many times it is connected to what God has called you to do, because I believe God sends people around us who will pull out of us what he has put in us. And that is connected to what he's called us to do. And that's exactly what happened for me, because as I said, I wasn't really interested in doing that. But women would constantly be coming to me and asking me questions about things. And in that, I found that God was giving me answers for them and giving me clarity to help them walk through their situations. And it just confirmed in me that, yes, this is where where God needs you. This is where he wants you at this season of your life. And that has just continued to be my journey throughout life, raising kids having now having adult children, uh, my this season of widowhood, which is definitely not something that anyone wants to, any club that anyone wants to join. But even in that, God is positioning me with other widows who I can come along beside and to support them and encourage them in their journey, having experienced it myself. Mm, such great nuggets of wisdom and truth in what you were just saying and how you kind of laid that out in very simple terms and how you share your heart with women and help them to understand and realize what gifts they have, how God has equipped them. And I love how you were talking about how God sends people to us to pull out the things that he's poured into us, that he's put in us. And that is really a really cool, almost like an imagery that you created for us, where we see God pouring into us and then it going out, but it continually, continually pours into us so we don't deplete. And so how, how important is that to kind of, uh, you know, especially when we're mentoring or coaching other people and how do you do this where you find rest, where you don't 
find burnout or become depleted? Well, that is that is definitely a challenge. And where I find my refueling, I guess is the word, is by spending time with God. And I make it a practice. I try desperately to make it a practice every day before I do anything else in the morning to spend quiet time with God and prayer and scripture reading. And then what I'm learning to do too, Doris, is to not just to pray and read scripture, but to spend time listening and waiting in his presence to see what it is that he has to say. And to to me, that is almost like eating a good meal, you know, just being refreshed and renewed Mm -hmm. because you're right. As you pour out, you can become depleted and empty. So there has to be a source that refills you, refuels you. And for me, that source is my time with God and worship and just quiet time with him. I love how you equated that to eating because we can all relate to that. And sometimes we eat too fast. (laughs) And, you know, we don't even chew our food. We're like eating it too fast. And, you know, the whole thing about we don't realize when we're actually full because we're just eating too fast and go beyond. But when you're talking about slowing down and savoring it and listening, such an important reminder because I know personally I have to be reminded of that too because I like to do all the talking (laughs) when, you know, when I get with the Lord and, you know, having some time with him. And sometimes we call it quiet time, but sometimes it isn't all that quiet around us, right? But but we can meet with the Lord anywhere, right? How have you found that to be true? That is very true. One of the things that I like to do in addition to my morning time is I walk, I like to walk. And for me, that it is that is definitely time alone with God. I like to walk outside. Of course, now in Florida it's kind of hot, so mm-hmm. I don't get to do that as much. But I normally walk outside and and I can be listening to music, sometimes listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. sometimes listening to a message, and then sometimes listening, not listening to anything, just talking and praying as I walk. And that is definitely a time for me. And I think it is a matter, it's a heart thing, really, that how we quiet our hearts, still our hearts before the Lord. And we can do that anytime, even in a busy place. We can do that when noise is around us. Just bring in, ask God to bring in our wondering mind and our wondering hearts and just meditate on him. Wow, that is so good. Ask God to bring in our wandering mind and our wandering hearts. I love that. That is such a great encouragement to someone listening today who feels like they might be wandering and that we can simply ask God, help us to stop wandering (laughs) in the wilderness. Sometimes we feel like we're wandering in the wilderness and reaching out and having that time with him is so uh, precious when we can do that. So, and I love that you have a background also in nursing. You have a very full background in, in a lot of different areas of education where you can minister to so many different people by how God's equipped you. So how did that come about? Was that before you went on to get your um, ministry degrees and doctorate? Well, I became, I went to nursing school right out of high school. Mm. And that was my dream all my life to be a nurse. And I don't know where that came from. 
No one in my family was in the medical field. Most of the females in my family were teachers, but for some reason I wanted to be a nurse. And what I learned later, because I used to say to my friends, I love nursing so much that I would do this even if there was no check paychecks involved. Mm-hmm. I just loved being a nurse. And then what I learned later is that it has when God calls us, he doesn't really take us too far away from what we are already doing. I believe this. Mm-hmm. And so when and so as I moved into ministry full time, I recognized that I wasn't really too far away from nursing because as a nurse, I was ministering to the sick. Mm -hmm. And then as I moved into ministry more full time, I was ministering, I was serving is what I was doing. The word ministry means to serve. So I was serving. So I already had a servant's heart from being a nurse. So it wasn't a hard transition for me when I moved into ministry because I just continued to serve, just serving a different audience, if you, I guess is a good way to put it. It was a different audience, but it was still serving. That's a great way to look at it. A wonderful perspective because sometimes we feel like a season in our life is over, but it's really just changed into something different. Like it's transformed. Something different. Yeah, I love that. And I and I really believe and I believe that's true for um for my whole life and I can only speak for myself that everything that God that everything that God has allowed me to do up until this moment has been connected in some way to that same purpose for which he designed me from the very beginning and that is to care for people to love them and to help them in their time of need and to serve them. And that was demonstrated in my desire to be a nurse. And it's demonstrated in my life today as I minister to women and to women who, especially in this season, to women who've lost their spouses, which is which is in itself a life life transforming experience. And just that heart of serving and loving them in that time of of need. So for me, that has been that's been my story, and I'm sticking to it. You know, <laughs> God called me 30 years ago, and and I continue to do the same thing that He has called me to do. It just shows up in a different way. Nice. That is really awesome, and that's going to really encourage a lot of people today, and you just exude the fruit of the Spirit. It just flows out of you, and I just know that those that you minister to just are get that kind of peaceful, calming connection, you know, when you, when you meet with them. Because you know how sometimes when we're, um, I know I study counseling and psychology and everything, and and we even learn about these things when people are like, say, for example, someone's yelling, we try to talk to them calmly to try to bring them down instead of trying to yell over them. And then nobody gets a word in edgewise, but your calm demeanor and the fruit of the spirit that comes out just brings a sense of peace and joy into the atmosphere of praise, because that is a, a praise And it is worship when we are serving other people like that. And how special it was when you had said that you would nurse and be a nurse, even if you weren't going to get paid because it's something that you loved to do. It's so hard, really, that that is not a very easy field to be in. 
Our daughter is a nurse, and I'm so thankful that she is. Uh, Yeah, so she's an RN, and I never felt called to do that. I felt called to be a teacher. Made other plans for me. I thought I was going to be a teacher like in maybe elementary school, a kindergarten teacher, because that's just fun. Um, but it's work. It's not easy. But he uh, he had me teaching other ways, like Sunday school and teaching women and Bible studies and things like that. So sometimes he fulfills our desires in different ways, right? Yes. Yes, he does. And and I'm so glad you shared that because that's, that's what I believe to be true, is that he has us feel, fulfilling the desire and the call in different ways. And for me, one of the other things that was very, very impactful in my life is that the last 10 years of my husband's life, he had been diagnosed with cancer and he underwent some treatment that left him disabled. And I was his caregiver. And even then I thought, you know, how great is our God that he would have my husband, Scott, marry a nurse, you know, Mm. because not, not knowing of course, we didn't know that that would be something that he would need in the latter, latter years of his life. But God knows everything. And he knew and he connected him with someone who had not only had the skills, but had the training and the knowledge to care for him in those latter years of his life. And I think that just shows how much God loves us, that he he just goes before us and and outlines things and puts things in place so that when we need them years down the road, when we show up, what we need is already there. Wow. That is so precious and true that God gives us what we need, even when we don't realize it is what we need until we need it and we look back. And we need it. Yeah. That is so sweet. And you mentioned being a caregiver. And then now walking in a season of widowhood. And do you uh, build relationships with caregivers who then become widows and it continues? It sounds like you're very relational and and love to build relationships with people. So how has that been in your life? I do have relationship with caregivers still. And again, that that is something that I struggled with because... You know, that season had passed for me and I thought, well, every time I connect with a caregiver, certainly it's going to remind me of my journey as a caregiver. So Lord, can I just be done with that and move on? But he keeps bringing me back to that. And I think one of the challenges when when you are, and I let me just speak for myself, but one of the challenges for me as a mentor is that your life is pretty much open and you're constantly sharing with people and putting it out there. And even in the books that I write, I I write them with the women in mind who are, who are walking through what I'm walking through. So I tend to share a lot. So that is kind of a challenge. You know, you, (laughs) you're just out there exposed Mm -hmm. like that. But that's the way, that's the way God deals with me. And that's the way I love helping people is to allow them to see where I am and to know that, okay, I've been there. I'm another place now. And if you're there, you can come to another place as well. And that's just been the story of my life. 
doing that and just sharing. But I do do offer and and speak frequently. Well, I used to before the pandemic, and I'm trying to get back into that. Is speaking to caregiver support groups, uh, and hospitals and some churches have groups as well that I share with, and and then speaking to nurses nurses who care for patients and, and who interact with caregivers, because again, that is something that having experienced that myself, I do know that when your loved one goes into a hospital or facility, it just takes the whole routine out of focus for not only the patient, but the caregiver as well. Mm. And so if there's some way that the medical staff, the nursing staff, the doctors can help facilitate the transfer back to home and incorporate the caregiver in that, then it makes that transition a little easier. So that is one of the areas that I'm really trying to focus on now is to being able to share that message and just be a voice for caregivers because sometimes they are not seen, they're not heard. All of the focus is on the patient that's that's been taken care of. How is he doing? How is she doing? And very rarely do we hear people ask, how are you doing to the caregiver? And so I just want to be a voice for caregivers. I've been there. I I did that for a lot of years and I know what that place is like. And I want to help them navigate it and be able to come through on the other side and feel good about what they what they did. So important, especially you were talking about transitioning and helping them navigate. I think that word navigate is such a key word there. As you were explaining the change that comes about when a loved one that you're caring for maybe has to go for a time or even for the rest of their life into a facility or into a hospital Mm -hmm. for a short stay because the caregiver could probably be so tied into that as being part of their identity And then when that season is over or changes, they don't know who they are and they're lost. So how do you encourage them in who they truly are and what their true identity is? Well, it's interesting that you should bring that up because that's what my next book is about. It has to do with uh, not only just the caregiver phase, but, you know, being a widow. And when you've been married to someone, and even though we know that, marriage was designed to be into death parted us it's it's really a temporary season of life because eventually one of one of us will die mm-hmm. so it's not going to be forever forever for both of us so that is uh something that i had to face 5 years ago when my husband went to heaven because we had been in ministry together of course, we'd raise a family together. And then when he was sick as his caregiver, we were together all the time. Mm-hmm. And I exaggerate when I say all the time, but you know what I'm meaning. Right. Most of the time we were together because I was his caregiver. I was with him in doctor's appointments, taking him to treatments, uh, helping him out at home. So we spent a lot of time together. And so when he passed away, it was it was difficult for me. And, you know, it was very difficult because I didn't know, okay, what am I supposed to do now? I just lost my husband and I lost my job at the same time. 
I was his wife. I was his caregiver. I knew what I was supposed to do every morning when I got up. I made breakfast. I made sure he took his medications if he had any appointments, you know, and all those things. So now that he's not here, what am I supposed to do all day long? So it was a challenge for me. And so in my new book, which has to do with the different seasons of life and how we navigate those seasons. I share a lot about that and just some of the struggle that I face. And I share it not in an, not just to highlight my story per se, but just to have the readers identify and, and know that okay, if this is what you're experiencing, it's okay. You're not the only one who who has had this experience. And then to be able to see me now, and I'm not saying that I have it all together because I still have my moments, but God has sustained me. And so that is something that I want people to see, readers to see, and, and people who know me and know my story to see that I st- I'm yet walking by faith day by day, trust in God that he will continue to carry me as I go through this season of life. And all seasons have their challenges and there are different people face them different ways. I have a friend who, whose husband passed away not too long ago. And I said to her, oh, you're doing so well. I said, when I was, you know, when I was at this stage, if somebody looked at me, I, I just started crying. <laughs> And she she said, and she said, um, you know, it has to do with personality. You know, people have different personalities. And that is one of the things that I cover in my book, that personalities determine or help to determine how we transition through different seasons of life. And so that has been a journey for me. And it's still a journey that I'm on. But I do, God does open opportunities for me to connect with other widows in order to encourage them and to let them know that it's it's going to be okay. You know, we we're, we we are going to make it. Mm, such a needed message in such a needed book that you are in the midst of writing, right? Is that scheduled to probably come out in 2024? Yes, I'm hoping 2024 or, you know, early 2025, maybe. Wow. And what a great resource for individuals or groups or organizations to grab hold of it to help in the best way that they can administer the people that basically have been entrusted to them. God entrusts us with helping people and shepherding people and encouraging people and sharing where we've been so they know that they're not alone and how he can get us through these difficult seasons. I would love if you would share how the listener can connect with you and how can they maybe um, get on your newsletter or something so they can find out when this book is actually releasing. Thank you, Doris. The best way to connect with me is through my website and that's evelynjtaylor.org. And I am on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all those. But my website is the best place to connect. And from there, you can see the other places to connect as well and sign up for my newsletter. And I do do a monthly newsletter and it's nothing heavy. I try and keep it fun, you know, places I've been, people I've met, things I've done. And then there's always 
information in there about upcoming events. I do a weekly prayer call. It's called Women Call to Pray. Women from anywhere are invited to join us at 6.30 every Thursday morning. We've been doing it now for uh, 10 years, I think. And we've had women join from different states, you know, different areas. They join in and we pray together and we end our time of prayer with praise and thanksgiving, believing that what we have asked God for, that he has already done it. And we praise him for the manifestation. And it's been a it's been a joy to be able to do that and just to connect with women. And there are women who are part of the prayer call who have been faithful and consistent for the 10 years. Mm. And that is a blessing. Wow. That is powerful. That is a powerful ministry right there. And so many women are interested in doing that, but they just don't know where to start or or where to go or how to join something like that. And then Many women feel strongly called to prayer, you know, as a prayer warrior. And so it's so that's on your website. They can find out how to become a part of that group. That's on my website. And I do send out a reminder in every newsletter, send the newsletter as well. And we have a, a Facebook group page called Women Call to Pray, where women can leave prayer requests and then we will pray over those requests. And also on my website, there is a link there where you can email the prayer requests. So there are all kinds of ways that your prayer requests can be sent in. And that is one of the things that I do love to do. I love to pray for other people. Mm. And I believe that's something that the Lord has, has placed in my heart to pray for people. And so I'm always open when sometimes people will send me a prayer request or they will call or text and say, can you pray with me about this? And it is almost always my joy and my honor to be able to go before God on behalf of someone else. That's beautiful. And such a calling along with the other things that God is calling you to do. And prayer is essential in our life to bathe everything in prayer. And so I love that you have this ministry that you allow other women to participate in so that they can also pray and become prayer warriors and praying together is effective. Yes, it's very effective. And I know sometimes people might think that God's not listening or answering their prayer because they're not getting a yes to whatever it is that they're asking for, but that's not the case, right? Because no or not yet is also an answer. And oftentimes he has a better plan and a better way and a better yes for us down the road, right? And that's not that no and not now are not the answers that we want, Mm -hmm. but I know you can, and I know I can look back on my life and see many, many of those no's were the best thing that ever happened to me. And those not now's of course were great answers. And one, and one thing in particularly this book that I'm working on, I started working on this book. I think it might've been the year after my husband died Mm -hmm. and pitched it and pitched it and pitched it with no bites, I guess is the right word. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I recognize now that that was not the time for me to write that book, even though the information would have been good. I wasn't in a position where I could could really be that person that could help a widow because Mm. I was so new at it myself. And there were so many things that I had to learn as a widow. 
And one of the agents that I pitched it to at a conference eight months after my husband died, she said to me, she said, you're just eight months in. She said, you're going to learn so much in the next coming years. And that wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted, yes, we want to sign you. Mm -hmm. But she was so right because my, my mental state, my heart just wasn't emotionally. I just wasn't in the place to write a book like that. But now that there has been some time that has passed, I believe that not only for me, but I also believe that the message will be better received by the reader. You know, I have some skin in the game now. Mm. I have something that I can can say and it gives more weight to my voice, I believe, because there has been some time that has passed. So we may not get the answer that we want when we pray. But we have to believe that God knows what's best for us and that he always answers the way that that's best in the end. We may not see it then, but we have to believe and trust that he knows and trust him mm. that he knows. And I want to give a shout out to to my my prayer team, the people who pray for me and uh, in, in my writing and my speaking and my traveling and, and mentoring and everything that I do who keep me covered in prayer, because that was one of the things that my husband did for me. And when he left, that was a big void and I felt exposed and uncovered. But there have been people who God has placed in my life who has come along beside and around me to cover me in prayer. So I just want to give a shout out to them and say to God, be the glory and thank God for them. Oh. I love that so much. That is so precious and sweet how God provides like that. And also the story that you told about the agent and how she was sharing godly wisdom with you, which is, is really cool how God does send people into our lives to tell us, you know, maybe it's not ready, it's not time, and that we can listen because sometimes people will offer feedback and sometimes it's constructive and sometimes it's critical. So we have to consider the source of where is it coming from and, and does this sound like something that God would want me to know? And, and so I love that he sends godly people into our lives to give us wisdom and he can use people who don't even know him, (laughs) you know, to steer us in the right direction because he's done that oftentimes (laughs) in the Bible. We, we see how he uses others that uh, may not really be walking with him, but, but he does that for his kids. So, and I would love if you could share maybe one last thought, maybe, maybe a step that someone can take today if they might be struggling and wherever they are in this season of the life that they're in and and maybe another thing that can encourage them to walk forward. Yes, I would I would say to anyone who's struggling in any season or any challenge that you might be facing is don't try and do it alone. God is with you, yes, but he also positions people around you who can help you, who can come along beside. And I know sometimes the tendency for some is that in challenging times is to withdraw, but lean in, lean in to the people who are around you, the people who love you, the people who God has placed there to support you. And if you don't feel like you don't have that, then ask God, you know, God, just send people around me 
Help me to be sensitive to the people that you send around. It could be a neighbor. It could be the cashier in the in the store, grocery store, just someone who can encourage you in that time. And then if you feel that you need counseling, there are Christian counselors that are there, a pastor or someone who has counseling experience to help you. But my my suggestion and my cry to you would be don't try and do it alone. Don't try and do it alone. There is safety and godly counseling. There's there's wisdom there. So don't do it alone. So good. So good. And I love how you said, don't withdraw, lean in. Mm-hmm. That is something that someone can do today. And that's going to be a source of encouragement for them to take that step forward and to find community and find where God is leading them to a voice of reason and wisdom with his truth. So thank you so much, Dr. Evelyn. This has been so amazing. And I would love to have you back on the show again sometime. Thank you, Doris. I would love to be back on your show again. That would be great. Your book's going to be coming out and so many things uh, to encourage other people. And I know that the Fierce Calling listeners will glean from what you share and what you have shared today. So thank you, friend. God bless you and your ministry. And we will talk soon. I bless you. And can I just tell you, I love the title of your podcast. Thank you. God gave that to me. I thought it was supposed to be a book, but it turned out to be a podcast. <laughs> Maybe someday it will be a book. Who knows? But but uh, the same kind of wisdom comes forth when we need it at just the right time. God is never late. He's always right on time. <laughs> Amen. Um, friend, thank you so much. God bless Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope this episode encouraged, inspired, and challenged you. And if you have never considered being a mentor for someone or being mentored by someone, think about that. Pray about it. See what God leads you to do. And I hope that this really encouraged you in whatever season that you're in because our seasons do change and we need each other. We need encouragement from one another. And so I hope that this really helped with whatever you're going through right now. I know that Dr. Evelyn would love you to reach out to her and I'll have the links in the show notes, how you can connect with her. And I would love to connect with you too. And I would love to also have a chat about speaking at your next women's event. I am currently booking for 2024 and 2025. So friend, reach out to me at doraswift.com or at womenspeakers.com and you can check out my profile and book a time to talk about it there. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.